Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is This Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on this time. No host bar radio, folks. TV, film, UFC, sports, politics, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And today we have a very special guest along with my co-host and producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? You're good as always. I'm good. I've got my chrome dome, which will have to suffice because I don't have a tinfoil hat around, but... Uh... <laughs> You know, that's all right. We're used to the dome anyway, <laughs> from the dome to the hat. And here we have a very special guest, a man I've known for a number of years, man I've actually worked with. We'll talk about that, too. One of the funniest comedians. You never know what's going to come out of his mouth. It could shock you. It could make you laugh. It could scare the hell out of you, but it'll definitely put a smile on your face. Sam Tripoli. Sam Bruce, up. good to see you, TJ. Good to see you. Pleasure as always to be here. And Bruce, I miss you, bro. It's been a while. We were getting you into stand up. You were crushing it. And then chaos breaks out around the world. And here we are. I'm honored to be on your show. Thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, we got hit by COVID. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that people like Joe Rogan and Brendan Schaub and and uh, other people definitely didn't have me interfering with their success. Just okay. <laughs> I think it was a global conspiracy. I, the I whole Bruce should... out of comedy. Well, I think we should start a conspiracy that COVID actually was designed to get Bruce, uh, you know, out of the limelight because he's already, you know, such a big deal when it comes to sports and, and the UFC and pop culture there. I don't think the world was ready for Bruce. Ruffer I don't know if we're ready for Def Jam Bruce. Ruffer. I don't know if we're ready for that. <laughs> I want to do it again, Sam. You know, I'm so busy with a lot of things. We'll talk about it. But You're crushing audience, it. Thank you. For the audience, though, just so they know, and TJ, you know this too, that it was right before COVID. Sam and I got yep. together. We got a great crew of comedians together from Tony Hinchcliffe, Eddie Bravo to, uh, you know, another seven or eight comedians. Really, really funny stuff. Great night. We had the first It's Time comedy night at the, not the Improv, rather, the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. I'll never forget walking up there and seeing my name on the marquee. It's time comedy night on the marquee. Your name, Sam. I mean, I was blown away. You know, I had a bucket list experience to have my name on a comedy show marquee. Um, we did the show. The show went great. You know, I had to come out. Sam will always bust my balls about it. I have my cards in my hand with things to talk about. That would never happen again. Sam was my first night. All good. But, you know, in between warming up and introducing each comedian, I mean, it got it, it, it worked and we sold out the show and then uh, the, the comedy store was ready to give us the the small room to start and we were going to have a once a month show. It wasn't about money. It was about a great night of fun and COVID hit. COVID hit and it put a, it, it, it put a pause, but it is a pause and we will unpause it whenever you're ready, buddy. I'm, I'm going to be ready. I want to unpause it. There's no yeah, question. Let's unpause it. Let's get up there, bro. Let's get that wonderful hair on stage and let's see you rock, dude. All right. We'll do our best. We'll see how it goes. Um, and I'm all for it, Sam, with that note. So, Sam, you know, um, 
the comedy world after the COVID world, it's all back together right now. All everything's full bore ahead. Everybody's on the road again. All the comedy stores are happening again. But what about this heckler situation? Like with the with the concerts, with people getting hit by phones and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's crazy. What's happening in the comedy show? Is it is it is it crazy in the comedy world too? Is yeah. It- I mean, I, I, you know what I blame this on? YouTube and comment sections. That now everybody thinks they have to comment on everything. And, you know, I've had people come to my shows with their phones and I chase them off and ragdoll them a little bit. And, you know, it's just like, it's just weird. We're living in a weird time where we're kind of adjusting to this thing where social media has taught us you know, that we can kind of scream and shout at people. And now people are bringing that from social media into the real world. And it's crazy because I love hecklers. Hey, give me a reason not to do my act that I'm over. And I'm I'm just snatching souls, man. There's a whole graveyard behind the comedy store of, of hecklers that I had to put six feet deep, dude. Give me a reason, man. Give me a reason not because I came from Vegas. I started stand up in Vegas. And when I did stand up, we didn't have, we only had one open mic every other week. And uh, so we had to do shows in weird places. Like I would end up like doing the middle act for like rock bands. So I would have to go up on stage and just start, you know, just dealing with all the hecklers. So I love, I used to love that stuff. So, you know, now uh, on the stage, like, Hey dude, all day, I'm all about this, man. I'm, I'm over my act. Let me just talk to you and just, teach you something and people heckle for different reasons bruce i broke it down why men and women heckle women heckle because uh they're attracted to the guy and they want to kind of flirt with him in a weird way uh they also heckle because they're not the center of attention anymore and that upsets them they like to be the center of attention guys heckle for a couple reasons one their girl is laughing at the comic more than they ever laugh at them that upsets them Uh, They're the funny guy in their group and they don't like that somebody's being funnier than them or they want to be a comic. And this is their kind of way to see if they could get laughs in the comedy club. So it happens for all these different reasons, but it's super interesting. And I always tell young comedians when they're dealing with hecklers is just remember that these are day one open micers and that you've been doing comedy for a while. So they're brand new to this and you gotta, you gotta be ready to rock. So yeah, it's interesting. It kind of gets back to the fact we live in this attention-getting, wanting society. You know, everybody wants to be uh, popular on Instagram. Everybody wants to um, uh, be a star without talent, you know, be a, be a star for doing something, whatever. You know, we see all these different things. It's a different world, Sam. It's a very different world. Going viral is going to be the downfall of this society. Just everybody trying to go viral. And just do the most ridiculous things to get viral. And I mean, it's getting to the point where people committing like weird felonies on camera just to see if they could go viral. And it's just, it's just really weird to me. And it's just a sign of maybe, maybe we as a society need to like pump the brakes on social media a little bit more. I mean, they're just crazy stuff when you have like, women licking the toilet seats of airplanes. You're like, what is that? Like, what do you want out of that? What what is and this is where we're at right now. I know it's 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 just it's it's horrible. What's weird to me is what what do you think it is, guys? Because you know uh, I understand you know being dedicated to your craft and then gaining notoriety and then you know fame, if you will. Uh, I think we have a very loose definition uh, of fame. I think there's like maybe 
I think maybe 10 people in the history of the world have ever been famous. If you can drop someone in any part of the world and they can't get around, that's famous. How many I people agree. can you drop in any situation where they can't get around comfortably? Not many. It's like um, Taylor Swift and no one else. At this point, yeah, kind of, for the most part. But, like, uh, I, I firmly believe that th there's this need, and it's not necessarily, like, for fame, because I don't think it's fame, but there's this it's more than attention though, Sam, because you talk about what people are willing to do for attention. Like, I don't know what it is. If there's some sort of, uh, you know, something that gets released in their, their brain, like an endorphin, the, the, the adulation, or there's the, the 15 minutes of exposure. So, something has happened over the last 15, 20 years where people crave this sort of attention and are willing to do the dumbest shit to get it. Well, you know, uh, it was very interesting. A long time ago, there was something called Girls Gone Wild. Do you right. remember that? Yeah. And they I were played, doing interviews. I played, I played poker with the owner. Yeah, yeah. They were doing interviews with the girls, and they go, why do you do this? And the girls went, because I want to be famous. They're like, why do you want to be famous? Because it's literally, I, I just want people to give me free stuff. And, you know, there is something about that. A lot of these people go viral. How much talent do they have? So what chance do you have in life, right? So now for look at the the Catch Me Outside girl. Right. I mean, like you could say whatever you want about her, and I think she's a lot more she's a lot smarter than people want to give her credit for because she played this perfectly, and now she makes millions of dollars a month on OnlyFans. And you're like, what? I mean, like millions of dollars. So there's that chance of like it's a combination of like. What American Idol taught us, which is being famous overnight, combined with the, the Kardashians who are like, dude, I, I get paid to do literally nothing. Right. And then now like the viral stuff. So it's super interesting. And and you see it a lot. Like if you could like the New York Post, I've been wanting to do a show on like YouTube where I just go over the New York Post and like how ridiculous it's gotten and what's what's and the stories that they do. But if you're an old like I had a friend of mine, his wife. She was she got in trouble at a restaurant because people were complaining that her chichis were too out. She had too big a chichis and they were out, and people were complaining. So the New York Post ran a story on, ran a story on it, and her OnlyFans just shot up. So it's like that's what's out there. If you can get your name out there, people are going to listen to your podcast. People are going to listen, check out your OnlyFans. They're going to subscribe to Rockfin or whatever it is, or patreon whatever you're on so it, it, it's interesting there's a real eddie bravo was talking about yesterday we now live in an economy where people make money on the internet to buy stuff on the internet yeah yep yep exactly exactly and this only fans is a phenomenon i was reading an article the other day about the 10 top only fan earners Oh my God. I mean, Cardi B is right at the top with millions of dollars each month. Millions of dollars. And, and the other nine or, or eight, I've never even heard of. And they're making millions. And obviously it's, it's pretty much all women. China black now found Christ, but she, what, when she was on OnlyFans, she was making like 20 mil a month, a month. Oh my God. A month. But the, here's the thing, Bruce, the, 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 to be a top 5%, on on OnlyFans, you have to make five hundred dollars a month. That's that's the illusion of that stuff. 
And it gets into this thing. And like, Bruce, you've been uh, around the UFC forever. I mean, you too, TJ, you've been around the UFC forever. You remember the old school days and those guys that did like UFC one, UFC two, they were outlaws. They were just like, this is what they're good at. And the same thing, like I used to interview adult film stars back in the day. And that was a time when they were outlaws. You were more like, can you believe these girls do this? Now you see all these YouTube shows. They're interviewing porn stars like they're real people. Like, they're like, oh, man, what's your take on, like, what's going on with France and the revolution? Like, they're interviewing, like, it's like, it's like, well, we're taking this outlaw stuff and yeah. we're trying to make it mainstream. And it's gotten so weird. The early UFC, like the Chuck Liddell's of the world fought because that's what they were good at. That was right. their shot of right. changing their economic like situation. Now we're taking all these stuff and we're trying to mainstream it and people aren't ready for it. Like like Tank Abbott was going to fight no matter what, right? Yes. Like he either is going to go to jail or he's going to try to win, you know, championships in in, in the UFC. And if uh, he goes to jail, he's going to fight in jail. Right, of course, 100%. Um now my question is, when's the last time anyone asked Tank Abbott about his thoughts on France? Yeah, 100%. That's what we're getting into. The mainstream of outlaw is like just I think it's super crazy right now. Like all these things we used to do on on the fringes, man, you know, is now like becoming mainstream and I just don't think people are built for that life. I don't know what life people are built for because it seems like there's so many different things happening right now. It's recreating itself, you know, with the whole COVID situation, I mean, communication skills are going to hell in a handbasket. You know, how many top comedians are you going to see in 10 years from now, considering the verbal skills that people are learning now at a young age? Do you ever yeah, think about it, that? Dude, I have kids. It's just like I am. I'm just saving up for tutors. That's all I'm going to do. Just tutor these kids. So they, they're they literate, man. It's crazy but out what, there. Dude. What are you going to tutor them on, though, Sam? Because here's the thing. We're talking about the Internet and this, this e-commerce. And I think about... Man, the most important thing I think for any young, you know, kid coming up in the world, if they want to make quick money, it's like the, they need to focus on how to weaponize the internet. Like, figure out what they're good at, and then weaponize the internet. Like, I can't scroll through Instagram without seeing uh, someone trying to tell me that they make twenty thousand dollars a month on a YouTube channel that they spend yeah. six hours a week on, or yeah. Uh, beyond that, like bringing it back to comedy, like I can't go through Facebook without watching uh, a Matt Rife video. Like I think Matt Rife is funny, but somehow no, he's he is, great. He's a he, good guy too. But he he has weaponized the algorithm to show up on everybody's uh, Facebook reels, and I don't know how he did it. Again, I think he's phenomenal. I, I just I don't know how he did it. Well, I'm with you, man. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people in MMA who really love Zuckerberg, but I think what this guy's done to just our how we interact with each other is extremely dangerous. And one thing in comedy he's done is he's elevated what I call anthem rock, the, the you know, the nickelback of comedy. It's like broad strokes on simple ideas and like very complex ideas that make you think it gets shadow banned to the nether regions and it's super dangerous. And I mean, I don't even want to get into the fact that like they're trying not to teach kids cursive. Like, what is that about? That's super dangerous to me. And there's things that I think have there's there's some very dark, dark sides to that. But you're right. You're completely right, man. It's it, who knows what the future holds. How, how do we even come up with a signature if you don't know how to write cursive? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't uh, ever you, write cursive. You want to but... know my honest opinion? And this may get a little too conspiratorial. Why they want to get rid of, of uh, cursive? What you got? 
because AI can't read cursive. Is that true? Yeah, AI can't read cursive. Wow. All right. I actually buy that a little bit. So if you if you if you're writing AI can't dude, you saw like Zuckerberg was like, we'll pay anybody a million dollars who can figure out how to get AI to read cursive. Can't do it. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm gonna bring this uh back to a little more conspiracy theory. And, and I hate to say this, but like there's a lot of people that were anti-mask. And I'm not even gonna talk about the mask being an issue of freedom and and things like that. But I, I will say this: the one thing I will say about wearing a mask during COVID, I kind of felt relieved that if i was out in public wearing a mask that ai couldn't tell who i was just by facial recognition software there is something about that but i mean it's getting down to eyes right now you know so it's it's interesting man it's interesting that whole thing there's we're gonna i don't know if we'll look back on it and go what were we doing because who knows how intelligent people were here's i also want to say something about intelligence right now people are always like oh man kids are so dumb everybody's so dumb Dude, we're just we're we're not dumber. We're just saturated with more useless knowledge than ever. Okay, That's true. don't tell me like in the 1500s, Russian peasants were all uh, like Nobel Prize winning like scientists. Okay, they right. just had less information being yeah. saturated in. Okay, we're so saturated right now. So you're like, oh, can you name all the 50 states? Yeah, probably most people can. I probably can. Right. But, but if you can tell me what going on and so what what's going on with this celebrity, that celebrity, because that's what's being people are being bombarded and and drowned in with yeah. all this useless knowledge right now. So I don't think people are dumber. I think you know I remember when my grandmother would not use an answer machine because she thought it was the devil. Right? I mean, <laughs> ask my grandmother to send an email right now. She's never going to be able to do it ever. Right. She couldn't tell you how to do an email. And we just have different skill sets now. Yeah. You know, th that's another thing, yeah. too, is is every generation has said the next form of technology is the devil. Yeah. Um, you know, the radio was going to be the devil and then it was the television and then it was the Internet. And now I'm like, I don't know if technology is the devil, but man, it can be the worst thing if it falls into the wrong hands. I agree. You know, another thing here that we're that, that I don't know if we touched on or not. And part of me, I got just swayed for a second. A little family emergency just happened. I had to Sorry. deal with Um. Uh. With that being said, you know, with the whole social media thing, it's creating this, I'm not happy with my world. I want to live that world. Right. I want to live that world. And people right. are losing uh, touch with their reality of what their world is all about. But but the world that they, they see of others on, on Instagram, Bruce, that's not real. Yeah, it's, they've done studies on that. I would say 80% of the time, and that's probably being very conservative, it's not real yeah. at all. It's posing. You and know? it didn't even start with social media. It goes back to uh, Cribs on MTV even. When people would like, these celebrities like, welcome to my house. It wasn't even their house. Right. They were no. like, Pauly Shore famously borrowed uh, like furniture from, from the Standard Hotel down the street from his house to put into it for his Cribs day. It's a, it's a very famous story. The people were lying about it all the time. This is the illusion. I mean, they've been busting Instagram models for lying. They busted this in, Instagram model for acting like she was in first class. And then someone took a picture of her and she's, you know, she was in um, uh, coach with everybody right. else. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it is the illusion. But for me, you know, as I, as I study comedy and all that stuff, I think the future the real uh, the, there's going to be real currency and authenticity. 
I agree. Like the people who are authentic, people are going to be like, because, you know, people, I tell this to people starting out and, and trying to be content creators, like people are looking for a lighthouse in the sea of shit, man. That's what they really want. They want someone to be that lighthouse because they know it's being authentic to them and giving them the good stuff. But the problem is, is like, do you, can people sort of decipher the, the bullshit from the authentic people because everything seems to be bullshit. And the, the, when, when someone is sort of authentic, I think it just, it doesn't hit the mark. Bro. It's my whole thing with this Lizzo stuff, man. Like everyone is shocked that she's fat shaming fat people. I'm like, this is a chick who gaslit the country into believing she was sexy. Right. I mean, for like years, like, of course, like America, we do have a problem. We're we we're infatuated with liars. We love people who lie to us, tell us what we want to hear instead of what we need to hear. So there is an issue with that, one hundred percent. How many times do we hear like the male feminist is really a scumbag at heart? We hear it all the time, and that's why you just I'm like I'm gonna have kids and I'm gonna teach them. Sometimes if things are too good to be true, guess what? They're probably not true. Right. I mean, uh, my, my, you know, that's an old adage, but it's a very true saying. Yeah, my yeah. dad always told me, believe nothing that you hear and only half of what you see. And I think in the modern era, we need to bring that down to believe nothing that you hear and maybe an eighth of what you see. I Look. told my father told me that. And it was like I come from paranoid people, but it's like I'm very thankful for that because it's allowed me to have a really good BS meter. Right. You know, the other thing is, too, is that it's the old adage while we're talking about adages, but perception is reality. Bottom line, what people yeah, see. It Bottom is, line. but but perception is reality until you realize that the perception of something being real, it's just a fallacy because it's all bullshit. And like, yeah, I, but I, that's the beauty of it, man. That if you lie long enough, it's gonna come out, and it's gonna catch up with you. And I've seen it happen a thousand, even in comedy. I'm not gonna say his name because he's trying to change his thing, but this guy was known for stealing jokes forever. Right. And oh. I remember there was a couple guys I'll say stealing the name. jokes. I'll say the name. You're talking about Mency, right? Yeah, Mencia. And there's another guy. He and he he's trying to change his name. But man, I remember thinking to myself, these guys are just jacking jokes from everybody and nothing's happening. And eventually it all comes out in the wash. Mencia's problem is that he's trying to go around telling everybody he didn't steal jokes. And we all know he did. So he, he can't get any way. He can't change his fortune because he's gaslighting everybody. But I do believe it all comes out in the wash. Eventually, if you put out the negative energy, it's where I am spiritually right now. I'm mm -hmm. trying to do higher vibrational shit. So I vibrate on a higher level. And that is trying to be as honest as I possibly can. But it all comes out. If you lie long enough, you will be discovered. You know, that's one thing I, I think about, Great. you know, with the, the Mencia stuff. And, and this is what I like about the comedy uh, community more than anything is comics will hold other comics accountable. Like when when sort of, you know, when Joe Rogan started going after Carlos Mencia, you know, the price is almost 20 years ago, it feels like at this point. But when that stuff was going down, I didn't even really care that much about comedy. But man, that was so enraging to me. As, as someone you know who works in broadcasting and and understands what it, what, it, what it's like to create a show and, and try to you know work on on things. If someone were stealing my things or, or imitating those things, like I would feel so wrong. And and Joe was a guy that w was speaking up on on behalf of multiple comics that for whatever reason didn't necessarily want to ruffle feathers. And I feel like th that community is, is one that. It's going to check you real quick. 
Well, you know, what's so interesting is if you look at Joe, even though Joe wasn't the Joe that he is now, right. He was still pretty big. Yeah. And look what happened to him after he called out Carlos Mencia. So he talks about, he got dropped by these people, that people, because Carlos had a show on comedy central. Right. So that was Joe Rogan, other people. So I used to perform at the comedy store all the time. And we would have like when Carlos was showing up and in the room, like the door guy or the cashier would be like, so people knew that he was in the room and then you would just flip your act and start doing crowd work. So he couldn't have steal any of your jokes and he can deny that all he wants. I 100% was there and and he, he would, you know, and we could get into it, but he used to bump people all the time. And I used to have a rule that if he did more than 30 minutes, I wasn't going up because I felt like that was a headliner thing, but he 100% did it. And now he's going around telling people he didn't do it. And that's why he's never going to get out where he was. You have to be authentic in my humble opinion. The internet doesn't forget. I still, I still watch the film guys, by the way, that's a snuff film of Carlos's career. And the, the biggest, the biggest lesson you can get out of that is that whole thing happened because of Carlos Mencia's ego. If he right. didn't walk up on stage and try to challenge Rogan, he might have a totally different career right now. And we've seen this happen over and over and over. When you want to get into, I don't know how much you're into crypto, but the FTX thing, right? Mm, Sam right. Bankman freed. This whole collapse is because he wanted people to go after Binance. Even though Binance had, had invested $2 billion into FTX. So as soon as Binance heard that, he pulled his money. Binance pulled all their money out, which caused the collapse of FTX. It would never have happened if Sam Bankman Fry didn't have such an ego and say, go after my major investor. Like, ego is not your amigo, man. It, oh, it's a liability. Or, as I like to say, ego. I got to say this. Lego your ego. Yeah, you know? dude. <laughs> Lego, Lego your ego. Remember that old like, Lego your ego. Oh, yeah. Trust are, you me. Big on, are you big on crypto, Sam? Dude, I w- I've been talking about this. I was a crypto millionaire, dog. I mean, I was investing in all these shit coins, dude, crushing uh-huh. it. And then, dude, it all collapsed, dog. You lost it? I mean, dude, I got screwed by, I got screwed by, um, I got screwed by uh, Celsius. That guy kept all my coins. I'm still waiting to get my coins back. Wow. But I mean, I was, I was, I was investing in shit coins, dude. Like, you know. I was like, dude, you know, I was investing in cum rocket, you know, like porn stars be like this, that this coin makes me horny. I'm like, buy cum rocket, bro. Let's get her squirting, dude. And now it's like, it was, we did not listen. I look back at the internet and I look back at crypto and I'm like, we didn't know how good we had it. Wall street bets. We were like, we were investing in GameStop and making tons of cash. And like, we didn't know how good we had it. And now, now it's all getting regulated. And I think it was done on purpose. But yeah, I love crypto. I was big into crypto, man. I have Maybe a they buddy of mine. You know what? They they should come out with a coin called Shitcoin. Shitcoin, bro. Let's shit invest coin, in Shitcoin, dude. I was a Shitcoin millionaire. I I have a buddy of mine that actually got into Bitcoin in like 2004. Oh and my dude, god. Yeah, he. Well, yeah. That's, uh, that's what's his name, right? What, what's that? What's his name? The guy that does the MMA betting. Oh, no, no, you don't know this guy. Well, he's oh. another one. He's another one, too. But a guy that I used to do commentary for, he had a uh, a little production company where he just shot cage fights in the Midwest in barns. Uh, and he was uh, talking about Bitcoin back then. And I'm like, dude, you know, I, be- I barely knew how to, like, log on to any of the peer-to-peer networks to download something illegally. But this dude's trying to tell me there's money that's on the Internet that's not real. 
no chance in hell I was ever getting involved in that. Dude, how about the guy that paid for like a slice of pizza with like a thousand Bitcoin? Uh, Imagine yeah. if you held on to that, Dude, what so, you'd be worth right now. So, you know, uh, there's all these stories in the naked city. You know, you talk about people making money. I mean, there's some stories coming out of Florida now. I mean, the ticket just sold to Florida. Somebody won the $1.58 billion uh, Mega Millions jackpot. Yeah. Sam, do you would, let, would you make public if you were the winner of that? Would you let people know that you won it? No. There's no I way mean, you I, would. I, I would show up in a, some kind of, like, mask of some sort, some, some Lucha Libre mask. No one would ever know my name. Yeah. And then I would just disappear, bro. I would bust off a bunch of pieces. There's people. no way. I, I love you seeing people disappear. make Well, I love seeing people make money. Personally, I would keep it quiet. Obviously, people around me would know, but I would keep it quiet if, as, if there's a way to do that. It's kind of hard to keep quiet when you suddenly buy a $50 million castle in Malibu or something like that. I mean, dude, if, if I won the Mega Millions jackpot, I would hope that I could try to somehow keep it a secret for myself. Because yeah. I don't want to change the way I live my life. Like, I enjoy doing what I – like, work is not a, a means to uh, to make money for me. Work is a means for me to, like, wake up in the morning and have a purpose in life. And No, I if, get that, man. You, I totally I would, get that. If, if you, I would publicize the charities I create. That's what I would publicize. There you go. There, I, mean, I respect that. It's just for, – for me, I think a lot of people fail to realize how much a traditional uh, – because we're creatures of habit. People are just creatures of habit. They just are. Uh, when you no longer have a reason that you have to be A, B, or C on any given day, uh, you tend to sort of lose your sense of self. And I mean, there, there's a show on the, the Learning Channel or whatever. I don't know what channel it is, but one of them where it's just like winning the lottery destroyed my life. And it's like, yeah, man, like if you decided to tell everyone that you did business with that you're out the game because you won millions and millions of dollars. It's just a matter of time until you uh, are, are broke again and need Listen, a job real bad. You know my what? whole theory is we live in an inverted world where they flipped everything on us. What is right is wrong. What is up is down. And the biggest thing that they've taught is that the journey to your destination isn't important. And I think it's the most important thing. When you listen to like, you know, all these big name comics talk about comedy. Most of the time they talk about, you know, these crazy gigs they used to do for no money. Very rarely do they bring up, Hey, I played mass in square garden. And they're very proud of that, but they're really proud of their journey. And what, you know, American idol did to us was make people think they should get it overnight. There's something about learning every step along the way. And so you see that a lot with, let's say, people who make billions of dollars in the lottery or millions of dollars in the lottery. That wasn't earned over time. That was handed to them, and they're not built for that life. Right. They're not built yeah. for that millionaire, billionaire life. Well, if it takes you over time, you start learning all these lessons on life, how to deal with people. Like I'm learning that right now. Like even though I'm 50, I'm learning right now that maybe I don't need to let everybody in all the time. Maybe I don't need to be, you know, captain save everybody because it blows up in my face constantly. So these are things we learn over life and this instant fame, instant money where we live in creates so much problem problems i mean even the internet is allowing 20 year olds let's say to have access to millions of people saying opinions that let's say they may not agree with in 10 years but now there's a permanent record of them saying yeah. something and they may say something that will hurt their ability to earn money down the line yeah. they weren't meant to be there yet you shouldn't be saying that to you in your late 30s or early 40s when You've lived enough life to know what you can say or how to say the things properly.
Well, this is what I will say about fame and success and, and riches. And I think that, uh, I mean, I can bring this back to mixed martial arts very easily and say that, you know, sometimes fame, notoriety, and success can be the absolute worst thing uh, for a human being. And when I think about that, I think about John Jones. John Jones is the greatest mixed martial artist that has ever stepped foot in a cage. He's destroyed the best fighters in devastating fashion and has just basically ran through them like it was a video game on easy yet there are some people that will say john jones is not the greatest fighter of all time and the reasoning has nothing to do with Good athletic fight. performance has yeah, nothing right. to do those people would get... be wrong right and, and, and i'm sorry and it's just like it, it kind of makes me think like what would it be like if there was no money in mixed martial arts and some people say well the ufc doesn't pay their fighters x y and z first off no fighter ever gets into mixed martial arts because they want to be a millionaire they don't you know no, it's i'm with not, you i understand it, what you're saying and and uh it would be interesting to me if it w what the sort of politics would look like in mma if no one ever made money if it was always just uh you're a tank abbott guy trying to go do something that be, keeps it, you out of trouble horrible it'd be horrible it'd maybe, be crazy maybe but, but but my whole thing is this it's just like you know what john jones has done in his career he is he has faced the most savage of savages. There's very few people that have a resume that compares to John Jones. The only other person, I think, maybe two, is uh Pride Fedor and Pride Vandalay Silva. Right. Outside of that, the murder's road that this guy has taken on. And you have to look at what he does for a living. And you you gotta be like, that's a that's a little crazy to get into. Right, no sane person goes down that road. Right, so I'm not condoning some of the some of the more like negative stuff that he's done. I mean, I love John Jones. Anybody from the 607, I root for all the time. Upstate New York, right? Him, Eljermaine Sterling, both 607. So I'll always root for them. But I I also can't be like you can't be surprised when sometimes these guys who don't play by the rules all the time in life don't play by the rules. Do you understand? I'm not condoning right. some of the stuff that he's done, sure. but I also go, you, you know, you got to look who he is and what he's done in his life, you know? And I, mean, I, I hate to say you're not Sam, condoning it. I just hate to say it. Some of the stuff that John has done and has had in his personal life and how it's not really impacted his, his professional life as far as like performances actually to me adds to the allure of how savage this guy is. He yeah. is savage. He is savage, but he's his own worst enemy. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I wrote about. I've said this before on the show, Sam. But I, in my book, I had a chapter on John, partial chapter, and I wrote it before I became champion. You know how I had dinner with him, and I said I was noticing. I said, John, you could be the greatest of all time, but there's one kink in your armor, and your worst enemy is right here. You got to watch yourself. But he you was know? so young, and that has a lot to do with it. So young. I mean, well, we get back to we got back to making money being young. You can say the same thing about Conor McGregor, the way he's handled himself in certain situations, and. Uh, you know, and it, youth and money doesn't always go together. I mean, it, it, I, needs, yeah. it needs direction. It needs yeah, direction. Right, right. It needs support. Right. Well, and, and also, too, when you are young and, you know, a lot of people start giving you attention, uh, we don't have a big filter when we're young about who we surround ourselves with. It's like, oh, you showed up. You're friendly to me. Let's go hang out. We had some fun times. Now we're friends and we're super close. But during that whole time, I don't realize as a young 20 something that you're just kind of living off my coattails and we're having fun. We're not and really that's friends. another thing, bro. Like we have gotten away from 
listening to the wisdom of our elders. Yeah. And I think that's very dangerous. And, you know, I remember when I was really young, I came into LA just full of like, like a bull. Like I was the greatest. Nobody could tell me what to do. And a comic who was, who'd been doing it a while back then, he was picked by Sam Kenson, 19 years old, Jimmy Schuber pulled me aside going, dude, you're really funny, but you haven't done anything. You need to calm your attitude. And that really resonated with me. But we've created a, a society where people don't want to listen to the people who've been around. You know, we've created a, a society where these corporations would rather have young and attractive over wisdom. I mean, even the guy who was in the in the submarine that just disappears, like, I'm not hiring 50-year-old white guys. I'm hiring, I'm like, oh, you don't want wisdom on how to do a submarine underwater? But that's all part of it. Like, nobody's listening to people who've done it before them and the pitfalls that they should look out for. And I think that's done on purpose as well. So I think you should always, 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 dude i'm at my i'm 50 and 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 i you know i'm in recovery and you know sometimes like i'll be in these recovery meetings and i'll hear an older guy speak and it's like it's the greatest thing i've ever heard in my life and i just think that when i was young how much i would dismiss that as like whatever old man and now as i get older i start to realize the wisdom that they're imparting and some of my favorite meetings to go to are all like 67 year olds with like some crazy stories of the past and how they were able to overcome. So I think that's a, you know, again, we're like all the youth of today, but it's interesting for sure. How do you get these people who are the top 1% of the 1% to listen to people who yeah. did it before them? Yeah. yeah. Knowledge hey, is king. Knowledge right. is king. Experience well, is, is wealth. I remember getting on a flight one time and the person I was traveling with like made a comment to me offhanded about how the pilot of the plane looked like they were 75 years old and, and flew in World War II and how it made him nervous. And I was like, are you kidding me? Think about all the flight hours this dude's got. Yeah, for sure. You know, like may maybe the computer systems, uh, you know, fly the plane these days and maybe he doesn't understand them. But if we have total failure uh, of the computer yeah. systems, that dude's going to glide this thing to the nearest here's runway. My, yeah. Here's my theory. 20 year olds are only good for having sex with. OK, until then, be quiet <laughs> and, and get some life experience. All right. Outside of that, I don't want to hear it. Little too young for me. At this stage, legal, legal I'm or with not, you, bro. little too young, little too I'm young. with you, dude. Lot, I just want to sleep. Young. I just want to sleep. You know, speaking about, uh, let's switch over to some current event news here for a second, because uh, we're going to uh, close down the show in a few minutes. Um, the Nate Diaz, Jake Paul fight, and TJ, have you heard about the pay-per-view buys? I've heard rumors that it hit $4 million. I don't know if that's true. I heard it was about 800000 before the main event, but it definitely did well over a million buys. Here's Nate the problem, Bruce. Th those numbers, I don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, a lot of them are digital, obviously. I think all of them are digital. And like, to get those numbers, you're going to have to have someone on the inside that, A, has access to those numbers, and B, is willing to tell someone. Um, I... I it doesn't matter when anybody tells me, oh, this pay-per-view did this amount of, of buys. Uh, again, that's something that I've heard. And going back to that analogy, I don't believe anything that I've heard. Right. Well, uh, one thing is it was the second most bet on DraftKings, right? Mm -hmm. It was like the second most bet uh, event ever. Yeah, Crazy. I mean, but also, too, I don't think that you can necessarily equate uh, betting slips to buys. No, but I'm just saying that it was popular. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
I mean, I mean that's just the Diaz brand, right? Yeah. I mean, like I, it had to be. I mean, Jake Paul, he's done. Pardon me for interrupting you, Jake Paul. He's done numbers and all, but his last couple of fights didn't do these kind of numbers. Even with the MMA fighters and the boxer he recently fought, this is this is MMA, this is UFC MMA eyeballs tuning into this show. And now you have sure. Logan Paul announcing he's going to fight Dylan Dennis. I don't know if that's going to create the same kind of numbers. Not that Dylan Dennis is not popular, <laughs> but he's not Nate Diaz. Yeah, well, Dylan Danis, too, is notorious for, you know, talking about things that never come to fruition. For better well, isn't for there some kind they of stipulation? Fight. We'll see if it happens. There's like some stipulation in contract. There's a giant penalty if he pulls out. I don't know. But th- but this that fight doesn't interest me no. because I don't Dude, think Dylan Danis is a striker in Dylan, any way. Dylan Danis isn't even a really big deal outside of, you know, uh, the conversation between MMA fans. No one is really craving a Dylan Danis UFC fight. You yeah, know what I mean? I, like, I don't think so, dude, at I, all. I hate to say it. No, no disrespect to the guy. I don't even really know much about him. I, I, know I, don't, I don't have anything against him. I just know he's right. a jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah, he you is. You know, so, is. Which, is, which is great. I yeah. love jiu-jitsu. I do it, but... You know, I don't see him as a striker. And I know that Logan Paul isn't, like, into boxing the way his brother is. Right. And, by the way, I love the Paul brothers. I mean, I really love what they've done. And I love I love the brand. And it's, it's it, it, you should respect it. And, you know, again, like, I know I know Jake is kind of brass. But I like that. I, I don't mind it. And he's helped a lot of people make a lot of money. So I respect that. And I just don't, this, this isn't a fight that, gets me excited there are people out there he can fight yeah um that would be a lot more interesting but i i also know that like i think i think we have expectations of the paul brothers that these guys are like you know that they they should be like in this legit boxing world and i think they're i think it's just a, a, like them living out a dream and like yeah. why do i want to yeah. see the Paul brothers versus a boxer that's absolutely going to annihilate them when I'm just here to see like, I want, like, I thought, I thought the, the fight the other night after the, after the first couple rounds was fun. I, I'm not expecting like Crawford versus Spence, which right, was you're not amazing. Supposed to buy that. You're not supposed to buy that fight. Yeah, wanting high level boxing. That. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, that's the thing too. It's like, I'll, I'll personally be honest with you. I'm new to boxing. I, uh, I'm I love learning it, a lot I about boxing. boxing. I'm a mixed martial arts guy. I'm a jujitsu guy. Too. Like I love that stuff. Uh, to me, the, the Paul brothers, for whatever reason, you know, people hate them. Uh, I feel like they're marks a little bit. They're, they're buying into the idea that they're bad guys. And, and more often than not, those are the same people that are putting more money in their pockets and, and good for them. But the, the, the Pauls are winning in so many ways because, like you said, Sam, they're, they're kind of just living out this life's fantasy, making a career, more than a career out of it. You know, having generational wealth come from this. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And the one narrative that I will say more than anything, I mean, I, I personally don't care too much about Jake Paul's next boxing match. I don't care about Logan Paul's uh, n- next boxing match. I will say that as someone who appreciates uh, professional wrestling, I won't say I'm a big professional wrestling fan. I don't watch. Uh, old school week. loved it. Right. Old but but but, great, but dude, yeah. Logan Paul is one of the best wrestling performers of the modern day. And that is something that gets buried in a lot of shenanigans and a lot of the, you know, building up these these boxing matches. Like, that dude is as good as anyone on the WWE's roster. I give him all the credit in the world, and I'm very – Logan's a buddy. He's a friend of the show, but he's a friend of mine. And um, congratulations to him on his recent announcement of his engagement to his, his lovely fiance. But, you know, the guy's out there killing it. More power to him. Good Jake for him. Paul's killing it. We agree or not with Jake Paul and what he says. 
He's killing it. Agree or not right. with Jake Paul, he's bringing young eyeballs to the world of boxing. Whether those eyeballs will watch Canelo fight his next fight or, or Spence or you know, Anthony Joshua, that's another story. Hey. They're going to watch what they watch, but it, it's at least bringing eyeballs to a sport which is more of an older fan base with the exception of yeah. the Latino um, uh, heritage, which is totally loving boxing from the moment they're born i mean latinos are great hey but, with all but, the great latino boxers out if there, there was no if there was no latina chicks there'd be no hot chicks at metal concerts by the way <laughs> have you noticed that you go around all the hot chicks are latinas i'll leave that one up to you i haven't been at too many of those concerts so <laughs> okay uh and boxing's so huge in europe i mean they, yeah. they fill out huge arenas there's two or three there's two or three big, big boxing events a year here in america but it's not like it was in the 80s and the 90s well, and the early 2000s. But, but bottom line is this, and I think a lot of people sort of forget this. Fight sports has always been one part spectacle and one part uh, sport. And there's not anything wrong, in my opinion, on promoting the spectacle elements of certain fights and certain fight cards. And Well, uh, the, the, you say that. Let's talk about Z Musk and uh, Zuckerberg. Well, we got to make our way to the door here, Buff. We're, we're running real out of quick, time. Real quick, Dana White has announced that he has been negotiating or been talking to the Coliseum people in Italy. Sure. Okay. You know, is that I, real? I think it's going to happen, Sam. I, I do. I mean, think what weight happen. class are they fighting yeah. at? Honestly, to me, to me, I don't think it'll be an MMA fight. It's going to have to be like combat jujitsu would be great. Let's do Eddie Bravo's combat jujitsu format between Let's those two. Let's go, bro. Let's I'm go. down with that. I got my Whatever first happens, stripe in jujitsu. Let's card go. Good for you. Whatever Sam. happens, it's going to be a co-main or a, a main event of. Uh, about on a UFC card, when and if it happens, it's going to be huge. For sure. And a lot of people will bitch and complain about that, but it'll be the biggest thing ever, and it always brings more eyeballs to, uh, you know, the the, the purists uh, of the sport as well and, and the fighters that everyone wants you to pay attention to because that, exactly. that card will be stacked uh, on the undercard. We mentioned Eddie Bravo. Sam, I know you've got a show coming up with Eddie. Uh, is it this weekend? Yes, this weekend, Sunday night. We're at Eddie Bravo, myself, Tim Fallhack Comedy Night, Xavier Guerrero, we're at the Cutting Room in New York City. Tickets are still available. It's going to be fun. The shows have been wild. Tim Fall Hat fans are the best. The Swarm, we're very blessed. And uh, if you're in New York City and you see this, we'd love to have you on. come out to the show. Eddie That's is awesome. one of my Tell favorite Eddie people. Hi, one of my favorite of people in the world. I have no idea if Eddie believes what he's saying all the time. Oh, he does. But but I think he he does because he never wavers. It never feels like a bit. But man, he just crushes it. I'm just gonna tell you, I call him the prophet Eddie Bravo because he gets a lot of things more right than he gets wrong. I, I mean, conspiracy <laughs> theories are a very fun conversation with Eddie Bravo. That's all I can tell you. He's hey, real best. quick before we sign off, I wanna I wanna congratulate and thank The Rock for what he did for that fighter. Um, he gifted the UFC fighter a new apartment. That's so remote. cool. That is so amazingly cool. And if that doesn't show what an amazing heart. Uh, whether he's worth billions or not, it doesn't matter. He did this for this fighter, and it just touched my heart like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. I love Pretty it. awesome dude. stuff. Good All right, him. also on the way out, Sam, where can people uh, check out your other uh, podcast? I know you do one with Brian Callen. I got uh, Conspiracy Social Club with Brian Callen, Broken Simulation, Union of the Unwanted. And everything's at samtriply.com, my dates. You can click on any of the banners. They'll take you to any of my shows. Awesome. 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 Sam, we got to get you uh, out to a combat jiu-jitsu event that Eddie does. I would does. love that, bro. I'm 10th I, Planet Van Eyes, dude. I would love to go 
to check some of that stuff out. We'll get I love you in the commentary you... booth with B and B Mac. Oh, please, let's go, let's go. Fun. And Sam, I've been with you. You always smell good, but I got to get you a bottle of my It's Time cologne. Please, sure dude, please. <laughs> I need that for the ladies. Hey, Hook me up, top up. sour, number one on Amazon. Top let's sour. Let's go, bro. Let's go. <laughs> you got it. You got a carte blanche. I love it, buddy. There I love you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it, Sam. Sam, take care. And let's let's work on that. It's time comedy night. We're going to do it. Just you let me, me know time. when you want to rock, brother. Got it. We can put it together like this. Let's okay. go. Let's go. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.